Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. Let's uh, ask the Lord to bless our emotions. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a beautiful day, our mothers. Dear Lord, we all have one. But dear Lord, you have given us an example of godly motherhood. We ask you to help us to remember that and to honor our mothers today in memory and in deed. Dear Lord, give us wonderful, God-cultivated emotions when it comes to expressing our love for moms. And we thank you for bringing this to our mind through Borgman's book, Continue to Enlighten Us in These Matters. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 19, The Emotions and Faith-Building Relationships. Let's start with a quote from John Piper. I love this quote. The perseverance of the saints is a community project. The church is the the environment where we primarily live out our Christian faith, right? We want our Christian faith to be real in the world and at home. Borgman says, and I agree, it is not the biological family that has the priority in the New Testament. It is the Christian family under the headship of Christ. And you can find uh, scriptures that support that in Mark 31, I'm sorry, Mark 3:31 and Luke 14:26. It is interesting to note that many, if not most, of the destructive emotions condemned in the Bible are community-destroying emotions. But the godly emotions that are commanded and encouraged in the Bible are community-building emotions. Now, it's worth getting the book and reading significant scriptural examples of the two different types of emotions that Borgman is relating to. The first section of this chapter is called Camaraderie in the Fight Against Unbelief. Hmm. Just looking at that subhead had me thinking. Because we cannot divorce our emotions from our faith, to build up our faith is also to develop and cultivate godly emotions. So two passages underscore the vital importance of being in community to build faith and love. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. Take care, brothers, 
lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And the uh, well-memorized and very popular verse that we've heard before, let us consider. I call this the lettuce verse. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of a son, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. The danger is clear. None of us is immune from having an evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief. Hmm. We must not overlook the connection between feeling and faith in the sin of unbelief. Let's think about that. All the sinful states of our hearts are owing to unbelief in God's willingness and ability to work for us in every situation of life so that everything turns out for our good. So what he's saying here is that the sinful state of unbelief in our heart comes from the fact that we don't trust that God is willing or able. Anxiety, misplaced shame, indifference, regret, covetousness, envy, lust, bitterness, impatience, despondency, pride, these are, all, these are all sprouts from the root of unbelief in the promises of God. It reminds me of this month's table talk. I wrote a note in the margin here. This month's table talk is an a, uh, issue featuring the cover story, which is Tolerated sins in the church. Tolerated sins in the church. I think you can download this, but it's a really good read. Uh, you know, I thought there would be a couple. There's uh, basically 12 or 13 of them that they list. A few authors divvied them up and start writing on them. What I just read, the list of them, many of them are in these tolerated sins. And the articles themselves have something in common, and that is what we just read in the previous point, that the sinful states of our unbelieving hearts are due to the fact that we do not trust God's willingness or ability to work everything out for our good. The result of an unbelieving heart is deadly. Unbelief can become a vicious whirlpool that sucks the life out of our confidence in God, and then our faith turns to unbelief. You see, apostasy is not usually an intellectual falling away. I have run into so many intellectuals in the church. We sit there and converse, discuss. When I hear people's comments after a sermon, I see so many brilliant takes on what they've just heard and they've added to it, and then I don't see them in church anymore. <laughs> right? Right? Because apostasy is not usually an intellectual falling away. The emotions become entangled with wrong thoughts about God. This is what happened at Kaddish Barnea when the people heard the evil report from 10 of the 12 spies. You remember that? Moses 
Israel, we're on the threshold of the border of the promised land. Moses says, let's send some spies in to see what we're up against, right? Send 12 spies in. Ten other 12 came back and said, yeah, milk and honey, but whoo-wee, it's a mess, so we're going to have a hard time in there. All kinds of scary stuff. And two of them came back. It's cool, let's go, God's with us. But Israel, fear gripped them and squashed their faith. Let's read from Numbers 14, 1 through 4. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. This is a serious warning of unbelief. The antidote, though, to unbelief requires us, community. As in, but exhort one another every day. Those two verses we read earlier, the reflexive pronoun one another is used, not each other. That's the reciprocal pronoun, right? One another versus each other. And the one another emphasizes our mutual responsibility that each of us should feel responsibility or community with each other. This exhortation is the antidote to unbelief because it helps prevent us from being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. The deceitfulness of sin is both a mental and emotional problem, beckoning us to find our happiness outside of God. We need each other to fight the fight of faith and perseverance. Let's look and see what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother, in the mouth of a man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. For by himself, he cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother man as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. That doesn't happen in a convent or a monastery, I wouldn't think. If we are to grow in faith, fight unbelief, and cultivate godly emotions associated with our faith, then we need each other. Although it is important to be alone with God, it is also vitally important to pursue honest, authentic Christian relationships which can mutually build our faith. If we are alone, we are in danger of being slowly dragged down and eventually away with ungodly feelings and unbelieving thoughts. And you knew this was coming. Assembly is required. That's not mine, that's Borgman's. As believers, we must meet with other believers for intentional faith-building heart-stirring, joy-producing, spiritual growth, and endurance. So the next section tells us how to cultivate 
community-building emotions. Now, the New Testament commands us to love each other. Let's start there. This can only be done in community, not people on video or social media all saying, I love myself. I just love me some me. It's too much of that. All of the one another commands demand community. A new command I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. In the body of believers, we live out those one another's of Scripture together. It is within a community of believers that those emotions can be exposed and cultivated. If our emotions are not properly aligned with biblical truth, our instinct will be to retreat from the one another's. When we trust in God and enter into the one another environment, it is at that point that we begin to grow. If we are committed to grow in holy conduct and emotions, we will accept the Holy Spirit showing us our weaknesses. And here's my red star. It takes the desire for vulnerability before others in order for us to experience emotional growth. Let me read that again. It takes the desire for vulnerability before others in order for us to experience emotional growth. And then I circled the word desire. What part do you have in your own salvation? Not much. What part do you play in your sanctification? You can pray for the desire to be emotionally vulnerable before others and to be open to those corrective community guides. Ask God for the desire to be vulnerable. Nothing will strip back our real values like these one another commands. And here is just a small sampling of the one another's scriptures. In case anybody had a doubt that I'm okay attending church at home, watching it on TV, Zoom. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, Romans 12.10. And then later on in Romans 12, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians 5.13. You have to ask yourself when you hear these things, how can we do this? without being in community with each other, right? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, Ephesians 4.2. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you, Ephesians 4.32. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ, 
Ephesians 5.21. You want more? Here you go. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Colossians 3.12 and 13. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are also doing. 1 Thessalonians 5. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, and help the weak. Be patient with everyone. There's no everyone if you're not meeting in community. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much, James 5.16. And you younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders and all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5 5. When believers are willing to live out the one another's, there is a powerful cultivation of godly emotions. And the chapter concludes with uh, Borgman giving a hearty amen to a quote from a Matthew Elliott. In an era of churches focusing on professional stage presentations and great music, perhaps some of our churches need to revive the potluck dinner, family night, and the church picnic. The church family has the most wonderful reasons to rejoice and joy and laughter should characterize our fellowship together. We are called to enjoy one another's company, just as Jesus made best friends. It is only in loving and enjoying one another up close that we will be prepared to bear one another's burdens when the pain and crisis of this world come rushing down upon us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the first church you brought me to and the current body locally. But dear Lord, thank you for the growth that could only have happened because the others have watched over me and your Holy Spirit has moved them to move me toward greater sanctification, more godly emotions, and more responsible behavior in your body. And we thank you for this lesson. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Illyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. 
If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.